Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Before we talk about tonight's big topic, Warren Ingram, I see a little tweet from you today talking about a new book, and it's about global investing, and you claim it's easy. Um, Have you managed to reread your book yet? Did you find lots of mistakes? Have things changed? What's gone on? It's um, it's been a as you very well know. I guess I don't need to I don't need to tell you, but 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 uh, uh, it's always the most painful thing is to is to write the book. Then then you read it for mistakes. You you give it to an editor and they they come back and then you read it again and you give it back to the editor and then they give it back to you one last time and they say, this is the time. You can't change it after this, so please read it carefully. And, and by then the words are swimming on the page and you're so sick of your own words that you actually don't see the mistakes. So, so the answer is I'm, I'm trying, but, um, sure. but I, I haven't picked up any mistakes yet. Good. I mean, and, 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 and they, just before we get into the topic, and our topic is important, but so is the fact that you've been a very busy man uh, in lockdowns and you've had, found the time uh, to write a new book and you've got two in the market already. And that one uh, is how to be your own financial advisor. The other, how to make your first million. This is a breakaway from the, the focus on South African investing. I mean, we make up less than half a percent of global GDP. We make up a tiny fraction of global value in terms of stock markets. And it's, it's logical that South Africans should have greater access to international investments. And I think you, you're tapping into the zeitgeist. Yeah, that, that, that's the plan. And I think there's so much, uh, you know, misinformation and nonsense that gets spread around uh, global investing that I, I got tired of uh, kind of listening to it and, and, and avoiding it where I could. And, and eventually, you know, you know, I mean, the way I write books is, or should I say the, the, the way I find topics for the books is the questions we get asked. And and you know global investing is a is a theme that South Africans want to know about, and and I feel it's important to give them a structured way of looking at it and, and making sensible, rational, long term decisions, and and not kind of not being swayed by what's happening last week or, or or the latest tweet from some talking head. It's about you know making the best plans for yourself, and and so you know, that's the hope uh, of the book is is that it gives people a good plan for for looking at their their overseas investments and making sensible decisions. And it leads so nicely into tonight's main topic, and that is where can I get good information on investments? Um, Because there are a huge number of really conflicted positions that people take, um, and it's really hard to know what is fact, what is opinion dressed up as fact, what is hocus-pocus, what is downright self-interest and skullduggery. I mean, it's a massively complicated thing, making smart choices uh, based on information that, you know, should be reliable from people who should be trustworthy. Um, and it becomes very, very difficult. And I think what's um, what's kind of made life a lot worse or, or a lot more difficult for people is, you know, the advent of, of social networks is, is interesting. We, all of us as human beings, instinctively trust our own close social network. So, you know, if, if, if we've got friends that say to us, look, we found a you know, great investment and, and we've been putting money in it, in, into it for the last months or years and, and, and things are going well, th- that breaks through a lot of our normal kind of ways of, of, of disseminating, you know, bad information from good and, you know, and, and our whole trust, uh, you know, deficit goes away because we're, we're getting information from a trusted source. And, and, you know, in, in many years ago, you know, centuries and, and thousands of years ago, you know, that was a really reliable way to make, you know, life and death decisions. You know, don't eat this because it'll kill you. You know, eat that because it'll make you better. Uh, you know, th- that was a good way to get trusted information. Unfortunately, that dynamic 
doesn't apply to WhatsApp. It doesn't apply to Messenger on, on Facebook and, and on Twitter. And so now we've got this network of people that are, you know, in theory, our friends or our contacts or whatever they are. And when we get something from them, it, it also breaks through that, that same filter that's sort of inbuilt in us to, to disseminate the, the nonsense from, from the quality information. And, and so you that's own, what we're seeing now. You only have to have taken advice on a builder from a friend to know that if they can't trust you in the physical world or if you can't trust them to, to give you a good recommendation on somebody who puts bricks on top of each other and theoretically hires a decent plumber and theoretically you know, knows what they're doing, then you can't trust them to give you money advice. Exactly, and and but but unfortunately, I mean, and, and that's our, I guess our point for tonight is th that's where you've got to stop. You've got to say, no matter how good a friend this is, no, no matter how intelligent they are, uh, I can't just take what they say at face value and and just trust it. Uh, in reality, they might also have been duped in exactly the same process by someone they trust and and the like. And I mean, over many years. We've talked about Ponzi schemes, uh, you know, blowing up in, in both in South Africa and overseas, and really smart, you know, uh, clever, intelligent business people who who should know better. We we find out they've lost tens or hundreds of millions of rands, uh, you know, in Ponzi schemes, which look so stupid on the outside to to someone who wasn't involved. And when you get to the crux of why those people did it, you know, once once the hurt and the the blame blaming is is gone. The, the, the key is that they took a trusted recommendation from a trusted friend and never thinking that the trusted friend was also duped. And, and so I think that that's really the key thing for me tonight is don't, don't you know, sit there uh, looking at social media and especially a, a place like WhatsApp and, and say, well, you know, here, here we go. I, I found the next big thing. You know, here's the next share or coin or you know, non-fungible token or whatever it's going to be that, that's going to make me lots of money. You've, you've got to stop yeah. and say, let's start at first principles again. Let's use some common sense. Uh, and, and you know, you can look at these things as they come, uh, come past and say, well, I'll, I'll do some homework on that. I'll go and actually do my own research. And, and that's really the, the, the key point here. Is, you know, the, the way that people do this nowadays is they're going to come to you and they're going to say, you know, the system is against you. That, that's, that is classic, <laughs> you know, selling tactics in, in, in a situation like this. And it might not be people who are there to sell you a, a, a Ponzi scheme or a scam. They, they might be selling you some, some other investment, which on the surface is legit and there's nothing, there's nothing illegal about it. It's just lousy, you know, and I, I feel a lot of the 12 J's fall into that category or did fall into that category. But, but uh, to, to me, in a situation like this, you've got to stop and say, when someone says, you know, the system's against you, everything's rigged, don't, don't, you know, disregard all information that, that tells you something to the contrary of what I'm about to tell you, stop. Yeah. Already you need to know there's a 99 out of 100 chance that this thing is either a scam or it's rubbish. And then the next one is this is a business market marketing opportunity because I'm going to sell you this idea of an investment. And then what you need to do is sell this idea of the investment to 10 of your closest friends. <laughs> that's called network marketing. And that's not how investments are done. So, so, so I think that, you know, those two are, are huge red flags for me. I have not seen one that works, you know, and the moment you, you critique them, you and I have done that on, on, on the show in the past, you, you know, they, they even get taught how to kind of deflect criticism. They're not taught, to talk about the investments, they're taught how to deflect criticism. So, so my, my, my starting point on, on all of this is 
when you get to the situation, stop and do some research. Start with reading some books. And, and, and so your intro was great. Thank you. I, I wasn't starting the topic to, 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 to promote a book. But, no, but, but I but make I connections. I make connections, Warren. I mean, and, <laughs> frankly, it was actually quite incidental. I just wanted to talk about your book. And then um, we, we very cleverly turned it into a seamless segue. No, exactly, uh, you're a master, you know, and uh, and so to me, the, the starting point is read the books. What the books do is they give you the principles. They give you the common sense, kind of years of distilled wisdom that that should be uh, understandable to you, and and should give you the kind of the foundation to use your building analogy, and then start to read proper articles, you know, in 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 the financial media, not uh, you know, not on WeStandAgainstTheWorld.com, but but you know, proper respected financial publications that are talking about long-term investments, long-term strategies, and then you know, I mean, this show, I, I mean, I think over over the decades, this show has probably saved lots of people from uh, you know from some serious mistakes. And and probably help a lot of people build um, you, you know build their financial planning going forward and and it's all on common sense basic principles. This is I mean it's here's surely the, not rocket science because you and I understand it. But here's the thing: it is a fundamentally different proposition sitting and talking about it or listening to it, and then when it comes to filling in a piece of paper or going online and filling in the little blocks that says. I would like to take, you know, my hundred rand, and I would like to put twenty percent here and thirty percent there and fifty percent there. Suddenly, what what is? There's a drink in Moulin Rouge. It's green. The green genie comes down. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a absinthe. Absinthe, um, and it's it's just this 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 green genie of doubt and indecision and paralysis grabs you in the gut and makes you want to smash your face against your desk and you're going, but what if it's wrong? What if I've made a mistake? Because you know I can't afford to make a mistake. This is a dreadful and and it, it is so turning theory into practice to my mind is one of the hardest things. It's nice to talk about it, but when you've got to be gutsy to make that decision, to pull the trigger on an investment decision, that's where you're tested. You really are. Here's two suggestions to to help with that green, is it green mist, the green genie? No, the green genie. It's, 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 I think it's absinthe and it's, yeah, if you drink absinthe, it makes you go crazy. And so I've, I feel like when you're making an investment decision, particularly that fear of loss, that fear of that loss aversion sort of that you have, this thing comes and sits and, and, and whispers in your ear. Are you sure? <laughs> I love Are it. you doing the so, right so thing? My, because we've got to know that that sort of thing. I'm quite sane. Honestly, I am. Everything's fine. Uh, um, lockdown's so, not got to so, me. Lockdown, it's fine. I like lockdown. It's been great. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. Uh, so, suggestion number one. Find somebody, uh, and, and I'm saying an advisor in this instance, who, who will charge you for an hour. You, you, you talk them through what you want to do. You pay them for the hour. Listen to what they've got to say. And go away, and and then implement if if there is an agreement in what you're going to do, or if they give you different suggestions, go and implement those suggestions. So so what that does is it breaks the chain between you worrying about that advisor trying to sell you something because all they need to sell you is information for an hour based on your questions and your homework. Then go away, do some more question, do some more homework if you need to, and then implement. Or you'll you'll implement because you, you've you've got a level of comfort. 
if you can't afford that advisor uh, for, for the hour, one of the other ways is, and, and, and then, then look at your, your, your network, and I'm saying not your social media network, your network, and say, who in my, in my network of friends, friends of the, the family, uh, you know, aunts, uncles, et cetera, who of them have actually been investing for long periods of time and have actually done it successfully? And let me just talk it through with them in terms of my principles. Not someone who's 25 years old, unfortunately, and who's got a good Twitter handle, but someone who's actually done it for long periods of time. And then see what okay. they've got to say and test your, lo your logic. Fantastic. Thank you, Warren. Good advice. Green Genie sits and shouts. Now, a question this evening. If you truly are the little man, somebody earns under 20,000 rand per month, how do you go about building the future? This is from a concerned mother. Um, and my son works and earns 15,000 rand. I encourage him to stay at home because he saves money. Truth is, two and a half years later, he's got nothing to show for it. He receives no medical aid or pension, only a fixed salary. He never joined... Uh, the medical aid that I asked him to join, as he promised either. Um, he's got three and a half thousand rand he pays to my husband every month, which includes free everything, even clothes and transport. I'm at fault, says mother. He has only had one sit down with me during which I worked out a financial plan for him, but this bore no fruit. Please give advice to what a 27-year-old must do to build a future with a limited income. How can I guide him? How can I direct him elsewhere? It's such a fabulous question. We'll get to that concerned mother in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram is a personal financial advisor, executive director at Galileo Capital and multiple author, or author of multiple books. Well, I think when you get to three, it's multiple. Um, so how do we help somebody who wants to set up a life, who wants to get uh, onto the path of financial freedom when they earn a limited amount of money? They really don't have very many expenses, but at the end of the month have very little to show for it because, hey, they're having fun. How does Concerned Mother deal with with naughty son. Um, so, so this is going to be the tough, the tough love segment. Oh uh, dear! Be, because the the, the reality homeless. is, okay. yeah, you're you're actually. Uh, I think you hit the <laughs> you hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, the, the the reality is, you've got a 27 year old son earning a decent salary, sitting at home, and absolutely, you know, living large. Loving it. Uh, yeah. And 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 actually ripping, you know, almost ripping the parents off. And and at some point, uh, you need to say, as parents, you, you know, the, the way that a bird learns to fly is you kick it out the nest. And 27 years old, earning a good salary, time to kick it out the nest. That's how the birdie flies. And unfortunately, all you're doing is enabling a problem. You're not helping. And you know, so to sit down, draft a plan, and give it to somebody, and they they do nothing about it. They don't have medical aid. That don't have medical aid with a decent salary and you don't have to pay rent, proper rent, the, the reality is that's not ignorance. That's just sheer recklessness. That's just unfortunately saying, I'm still a child. I don't really care because I know you'll look after me. And, and at some point, you've got to stop that. So, so, so truthfully, I can give you the best financial advice in the world. And what you do need to do is take some parenting advice. And, and I'm not a parent, but what I will tell you is, you're being taken advantage of, concerned mother, and you actually need to stop. Uh, you know, spoon feeding another plan is not going to help. Uh, I mean, it's just um, my blood, blood's starting to boil now while, while I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this. But you, mean you must, so you must see quite. Uh, 
You must see quite a lot of it, though, Warren, where you've got parents with all the best intentions in the world are worried about little Johnny, little Caesar, little Freddie, and they don't want to be mean to them because their parents were mean to them and made them go and stand on their own two feet. And they don't want to be brutal because they resented their parents for that particular course of action. So, you know, they want to keep peace in the home, and it's a hard conversation. But really, it is before you have the financial planning conversation, it's the, right, kid, let's see you go out and survive on your own. Um, and it's brutal, well, well, but you'll be doing them a I favor, mean, possibly. T- 27, Bruce, not a kid. 27. Uh, I mean, you know, how many great businesses were started by 20, you know, people so, who were so, in the early so, 20s? Let me just to give you a perspective on parenting here, Warren Ingram. I once asked um, <laughs> uh, Wayne McCurry. I once asked Wayne McCurry at the end of a December holiday, hey, Wayne, what did you do? Oh, I welded my son a desk. And I thought, what a nice guy. What a dad. He said, and then the next thing Wayne said, and I hope he doesn't mind me repeating this, but I'm going to because it's lovely. He's so cute, that boy. So I looked at Wayne and I thought to myself, Wayne is a bit old to have a young child, but how old is he? Oh, he's 32. And Wayne had <laughs> made his 32-year-old son a desk. He'd welded him a desk, made this beautiful desk for his son. He was so chuffed to have made it for his son. His son was so chuffed to have received it. His son wasn't living at home. Son independent. But the, the phrase, he's so cute, that boy, underlines concerned mother's problem, is no matter how old and hairy and smelly your, your child is, they are your child and you do feel responsible. But it is, it's actually, it's, it's, it's well worth, I think, getting some proper counseling on this. This isn't a financial problem, I think is your point. Not a financial Do- problem. Dr. Phil, you, I mean, right. Warren, sorry. It's it's not a financial problem, unfortunately. And and the, the answer to, to the to the real question is you can't force someone to start saving and start developing a plan. If they don't want to do it, there, there is nothing you can do. There, in reality, the, the the trick is to find motivation for them to actually start setting aside the money and and to get going. What happens now is, I mean, this kid knows my parents will back me up. Of course and, they do. And they will bail me out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, listen, you made you know, your point. I just want to suggest that before you give parenting advice next time and you into this tough love stuff, that you grow a moustache <laughs> and, and shave a path down the middle of your head because you're going to play Dr. Phil um, and this tough love stuff. But I think uh, it's brutal concern, Mother, and I'm sorry that's not what you wanted to hear, but it's what you possibly need to hear. Fang stocks, our phrase of the week, the word of the week, but fang stocks, what are fang stocks? So FANG, uh, it's an acronym and it stands for Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. And, and so, I mean, if we don't know, Google is, is, is actually, it's, it's owned by a listed company called Alphabet. So it can't be, it, ch- it changed its name before the, the FANG was created, the acronym. But, but, but it's kind of shorthand for the, the, the tech companies, the big tech companies that are, that are dominating, uh, you know, the U.S. market and have done for, for a few years. And I guess are dominating global, uh, you know, almost e-commerce, if, if you will, and social media platforms. So, so it doesn't just stand for those companies anymore. They actually changed it to now the Fang Plus, uh, to, to kind of abbreviate or, or to expand the, the abbreviation a bit or the acronym. So, so really, when someone's talking about Fang stocks, they're talking about the big technology companies that that are changing the way we shop, talk, uh, you know, uh, video and share content, I guess. And, and you know, they're the ones that have been driving markets for, for quite a few years now. Okay. 
Thank you, Warren. I mean, and they make up a huge proportion of the S&P 500, and I think that's what's scaring a lot of people. I mean, it'd be fabulous to own some Apple shares, but people are scared of a $2 trillion company because the last big um, global multinational was General Electric, and that didn't end well. So people, are, uh, I think, are, are quite apprehensive. This The green genie is, is, is bugging them on that particular front too. <laughs> well, one of the benefits that some of these very big companies have is that they are extremely cash-generative, and, and a lot of them, you know, a company like Apple is sitting on enormous amounts of cash. So, so these are not companies that are just selling promises and, and, and business plans. They, they are generating real profits, uh, you know, banking a lot of cash. Uh, they might be expensive, but they're, they're certainly not going to collapse as, as businesses. Their share prices might fall. But someone who buys that, you know, you know, the, the, the one piece of comfort they have is that they're not going to own something which is worth zero tomorrow if the share prices collapse. There will still be some value there. Warren Ingram, Galileo Capital. Invest in the future you deserve by opening a Standard Bank Money Market Select Investment Account. Not only a Standard Bank lowered the minimum investment amount to 100,000 Rand, but you can now earn a higher interest rate of up to 4%. You can also get immediate access to your funds. Your capital is guaranteed and you pay zero monthly management fees. So open up your account today on the Standard Bank app or in one of their branches. Standard Bank, it can be. Standard Bank is an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply.